0: Where is InsurTech headed next? This is where indie agents own the answer. Welcome to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. Today I have a very special guest, somebody that I'm actually meeting for the very first time on this podcast. I think we've had a total of like 15 LinkedIn messages. So Mm -hmm. you and I are gonna be getting to know Adam Bowe together. Just a little background on Adam. He is the co-founder and CEO of Cake. And if you're not familiar with Cake, they are, ooh, well, you're gonna learn a little bit about who they are, but Broadstrokes, and InsureTech M&A marketplace. And, And I would say something that is the first of its kind in the insurance industry, so I'm pretty excited to hear a little bit about what they have going on, and have you guys get to know Adam and why he started this uh, this crazy, or I should say, executed on this crazy idea that is Cake. So, with that, welcome, Adam.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Really excited to, uh, like you said, meet you in person and uh, and get into the conversation. It's gonna be exciting. Sweet.
0: Um, okay, so. Let's start pre-cake. Uh, give me the give me the background on Adam Bow. Who is Adam?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, a little bit of a weirdo, no, but uh, it's uh, a. <laughs> are we all? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I came from. Um, let's see. I'm born and raised in Kentucky. Um, okay. Went to to school in in Dayton, Ohio. Um, so uh, got a Love little it. bit outside of Kentucky, but but stayed uh you know stayed kind of close and, and eventually landed in, in manufacturing with a company called Big Ass Fans. Um after that I, I stayed in manufacturing uh with with Zometry. Uh used to be known as Make Times so it was a, a local technology marketplace uh within Lexington was acquired by uh Zometry um and who ultimately um you know that team was ingested and we uh, you know we stayed on and, and built it to towards an IPO um so had a had a really fun ride there uh and then yeah you know after after the ipo uh john and my co my co-founder john clemens and i um you know we're kind of looking to to get into our next thing and uh stumbled on insurance and and we'll get in a little bit into the the idea stage but but ultimately led us to cake so um, have have stayed kind of in the, the, you know, kind of the the backbone industries is what I described it. You know, you look at like manufacturing insurance, I think like banking falls in there, but uh, I, I'm obsessed with the, the intersection of technology and kind of legacy or backbone industries um, and, and how those two intersect and how we, we build to make those better.
0: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so I didn't realize that um, you're kind of a unicorn. Most people in the insurance industry are you know, born and raised in it, can't get out of it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, very few people luck themselves into the industry. It's it's kind of a small hidden gem, I would say. Um, but I love that because I think you bring a different perspective, a fresh perspective, and now the story, the pieces are kind of coming together as far as why you decided to take on, um, you know, this kind of crazy challenge of of an InsurTech M&A sort of marketplace. Um, Tell yeah. me a little bit about the. You said there's, you know, there's a little bit of a um, ideas stage there. So you guys, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, you know, we were. Uh, you know, I think there are different skill sets for for different stages of a of a business. And and like I said, after the IPO, it was really cool. I, I view my career a little bit like my like active MBA. You know, like um, I think you just learn more in the real world and. And so I was, I was really excited to, to, you know, be reporting to the street kind of deal. And then I realized that, you know, you're, you're kind of tightening nuts and bolts there. You're not mm-hmm. building huge, you know, change uh, in, in the, the industries. And, and so we were, we were wanting to get back to, to the early stages. And um, there's a guy in Lexington, Kentucky, who's our, our angel investor and, and is just integral to, to the product. Uh, his name's is Brooke Smith and he's got his fingers in a lot of different stuff. And and we were, we were getting lunch and, and he, I was like, Hey Brooke, you know how, like, cause he's invested in all types of startups and, and industries. And I was like, Brooke, how did you like, you know, make your money? And I've known him for a few years. So I wasn't just like first meeting, you know, <laughs> hey, Brooke, tell me, tell me your money story. But he told me he sold his, one of the largest surety agencies in the country to AccuSure uh, a while back. And he was one of the first acquisitions from AccuSure and, and outside the industry in, you know, you were talking about hidden gem, you know, I, I thought insurance policies were like a can of soup in the grocery store. Like, mm. oh, I need a, you know, I need like a, those a are some commercial. fighting words
0: in the insurance industry. Yeah, I know,
1: right? <laughs> I know. Well, it's true. Like outside, outside in, I was like, oh, I need a bot policy. So I go in and grab one and, yeah. and I, I thought like, you know, it was, it was kind of a uh, just standard, you know, there was just a product on the shelf and that's what you were selling. and. And so I had no idea that insurance agencies were transacting. I didn't know that they were transacting for that much or that frequently, right? And I also didn't know a ton about the intricacies of the in the industry. So I was like, oh my God, Brooke, I had no idea, like I said, that they were transacting for that much. And But then we started drilling down and we were like, okay, Brooke, you know, fifth largest surety agency in the country. Mm-hmm. If he wants to sell, he you know he had a few buyers lined up and and could could sell pretty easily through kind of the standard channels that existed in the space, right? Mm-hmm. Action Hub, PE Groups,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, he had a lot of options. But I think that uh, you know the the core of what made that asset valuable holds true for for almost every agency. But the options on the table for agencies of different sizes. Mm-hmm. Varies dramatically, and so that's where the the idea stage got in is that we started digging into some of the the opportunities um, when it comes to to retirement or for inorganic growth for agencies of different size by by making that acquisition. And what you find is that you know, and, and shout out Carrie Wallace, she's done a great job on on this data. This data is kind of available at a few different spots, but she she gives a great view of it. Is like 84% of agencies make less than 1.25 million dollars a year in ARR, mm-hmm. and that starts to be the ceiling for like when regional brokers will represent you in that transaction, or mm-hmm. like kind of the target audience or the target kind of ideal agency for, let's say like a Brown and Brown or a Gallagher, right? Like they're 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 not really swimming in a lane much lower than that on the revenue size. And then, if you drill down even further, almost 35% of agencies make less than $150,000 a year in annual revenue, and and so again, you know these regional brokers, they're they're often you know people-intensive process. So when I say broker, I mean someone brokering an M&A transaction.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it it takes almost more work to do a $200,000 agency than it does a, a two million dollar agency, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so the, the macroeconomics for them starts to break down like their, their P&L or like the way they run their business. It starts to break down if they go too small on the agency side. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the age of the agent and six, uh, 17% or 66 or older, the largest share of, of book management by older producers is in that smaller agency revenue size. So you have, you know, the, the gray wave, the silver tsunami, you know, the, the, whatever is the, there's a lot of fun names for it, but you have a huge portion across all industries of folks that are going to need to retire, going to need to transact on their business. And you have a lot of, of kind of tool gap or, or, or support gap for, for the the smaller agencies, the main street agencies. Mm -hmm. And, and like I said, you know, we, we've got, uh, a lot of, of robust uh, experience building marketplace, transactional marketplace solutions that attach to um, those legacy industries, those backbone industries. And it, it seemed like a perfect marriage. So like, you know, uh, it, it just, I, I have to believe in what I'm doing. And, yeah. and for me, like the belief of, of honoring the, the hard work of the agent over the, the course of their career by getting the maximum value for that book of business but then also giving tools for inorganic growth or like strategic growth for mm-hmm. agents to be on the buy side. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, you don't have to trick yourself to, to believe in that to get out of bed in the morning and be excited about what you're doing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been uh, the, the education course, you know, from insurance policies are a can of soup that you just pick off the, the shelf to like mm-hmm. the understanding that I have now, 18 months later, which is still you know, rudimentary uh, comparatively to a lot of folks in the industry. Um, I, I love it. It's just it's such a cool and interesting industry. And being able to support independent agents is, is something you can get behind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, OK, so let me ask a couple clarifying questions on your breakdown of the MA and a space um, just so we can better understand how, yeah, how, because okay, I get the why now I'm with you 100%. Um, I love that that's your mission. I think it's beautiful. Uh, The how is what what I'm really interested in, right? So, Mm -hmm. first, do you know for that 35 percent, right? That's under the the one and a half million. Or if 35% is 100,
1: 100 150. under 150,000 dollars in revenue. Okay. 84% make less than 1.25 million dollars a year in okay. annual revenue.
0: So somewhere between the 35 and 80 ish percent, where mm-hmm. the big brokers give up and say macroeconomics don't make sense here, yeah. right? Um, wherever that line is, what's happening to the agencies below that ceiling? uh, or I should say maybe foundation today, where, where, where are they going? Or do they, is it a situation where no, they can sell to, to, you know, PE or to, you know, larger agencies, but the, the valuation is not going to be in their favor, right? Just because, uh, the, the buyer has to make up for whatever loss they're going to have from a logistics Mm -hmm. and operational perspective. Like, how is that working?
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's a couple different ways. Like one, yeah. you know, you have folks that, uh, you know, I named Chuck Carey. Like Carey's willing to to and and targets those those agents to mm-hmm. to help them, right? But mm-hmm. um, you know, you you got to be able to find those resources and and you got to start to work with them. Uh, I think what happens a lot of times is background deals. So like, uh, you know, you know an agent locally, you know, through Big Eye or or through some. Uh, some industry connection, and you you approach them at the the end of that uh, your career and say, hey, I'm I'm looking to get out. Would you want this? Right, mm-hmm. and then and then you kind of through like uh, trust or or kind of together try to find some valuation. Right,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I think you know one of the, uh, the 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 worst kind of case. Right, is that an agent feels like um, this talks a little bit about like the mindset of the agent because I just went through 101 Weston Labs and SureTech Accelerator. Yes, woo! And, shout out by and, the way. Shout out yeah, to Weston Labs
0: and everything North Carolina is doing awesome stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. Abby and, and Pat did an incredible job, yes. but it, it was cool because like uh, a lot of the the techs that were going through that, you know, they have more. Um, they're trying to, to target agents to use their technology to to make their their agency better, and mm-hmm. we were talking to them about. If you say, you know, hey, uh, my technology will allow you to replace talent on your team and and run a more efficient, you know, business that way, uh, agents aren't going to buy it because they mm-hmm. love their team and they're like, I'm not looking to shed team or talent, right? Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. say oh, my technology will make your people more effective, and then they can can grow in yes. their career, right? Yes. Like that. that messaging hits and so Mm -hmm. similarly you know an agent will say man i I don't know how i can transact right and and i feel like i just need to keep working until you know i kind of drop right because they they feel trapped because they want to take care of their team Mm -hmm. um and 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 then i think you know it becomes a little bit of a a panic sale because they they work so long until you you have agents staying on until 75, 80, you know, something like that, right? And then it's like they they kind of have to sail because there's a health issue or, you know, they have to Mm -hmm. retire. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I think that falls back on relationships or if they happen to find those PE groups. Now, they can transact with some like PE back because PE back is changing, I think, a little bit. A lot of times what they're doing now is trying to find a, like a flagship agency and then do bolt-on you know work so they'll they'll roll up smaller books and bolt it on to 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 that agency but again i think you start to to get into they're not really trying to ingest talent in that situation mm-hmm. they're not looking to, to to keep the the physical location of that office right if you've got walk in customers you know so it, it can like their willingness to, what they're willing to buy right mm-hmm. can like pinch and pinch and pinch and then that valuation happens. So, you know, I, I think it's more of just, it's, you can transact, it's just a labor intensive process because you have to find the buyer, the buyer and the seller have to meet. Mm-hmm. And then oftentimes, you know, you've got to have your full suite of, of financial data and reports and, and all that kind of clean and ready to go. Yep. And and so what you end up having to, to do is that you've got to, if, especially if an agent's on the buy side, They're now a producer a small business owner and the head of an m a department which is a lot of hats to wear
2: uh
1: and then the seller you know has to continue uh maintenance on that book and growth on that book hopefully because the moment your book stops growing you know that valuation starts to creep down Mm
2: -hmm. so you've
1: got to maintain that fire for selling you've got to maintain that fire for running that business and you have to to source those buyers right Mm -hmm. so I think ultimately, like where a marketplace fits in, is not that it's impossible to do it. It's just very friction-filled and and kind of a uh, it's a hard process to figure out. You know, without the the education kind of at your fingertips.
0: Yeah, yeah. So without going into, because look, I know we're. Uh... In the insure tech space which means it's easy to talk about what will be what could be yeah. what should be uh you know future state and i do want to get into that because i can already tell you mm-hmm. you have a big vision for where you want to take cake but just narrowing that scope to what you guys do today so yep. how are you solving those that problem down market right how are you helping that the, you know, 35 to let's say 60, 70% of agencies, uh, who fall below the 1.25 million find that seller or find that buyer. Right. And is it just the connection that you're making? Is it more than that? How's it alleviating the labor costs of, uh, or the labor intensive costs of, you know, doing a deal? What does that look
1: like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, great question. So, um, our hypothesis uh, going into this that has played out is that, because uh, there are like listing sites and there are like channels you can you can go through, right? But they're uh, they need a ton of information upfront, and and it's it's hard to to organize, gather, collect all that, suss it out that it's it's all there, right? So what we talked to buyers about was like, what's the minimum amount of information that you need to know? To, to know if this is interesting for you or not, right? Hey, I'm interested in a, a conversation with the seller or, you know, doesn't fit kind of my, my strategy or, or what I want to ingest. And then from a seller, like what's the information that you kind of know off the, the top of your head, right? Like you know your your business, you're, you are the expert in your business, right? And that's what, something I always want to honor. And so what Cake does is allow you to list Your book, or a a fraction of your book of business, uh, you know, it can either by carrier, by line of business, by state, Um, but it's listing with with like you know, very kind of information that you know by heart. It's your total premium, your carrier, state, line of business, number of customers, number of policies, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you can very quickly and easily create a listing that says this is this is kind of represents what I'm what I'm looking to sell. Right. Mm -hmm. And then buyers Mm -hmm. are able to view that, but they're able to view that in an anonymous way. So Mm -hmm. the seller doesn't have to say Adam Bow is selling, right? Got it. it It'd be like, um, you know, uh, Game of Thrones fan uh, 101 (laughs) is is looking to sell, uh, you know, this this portion of my book or, or this full book. Mm-hmm. and then buyers are able to chat with that seller in a, in a private chat setting and mm-hmm. ask additional questions right mm-hmm. um and i'll, I'll touch on kind of why we've made it a little flexible in a second but so they they can ask those additional questions and then we also have a deal room product and the deal room product is nda locked right
2: mm-hmm. and
1: you can invite um you know, legal teams you can invite accounting teams but it allows you to have a secure place to exchange that data. So you can track who views it. Um, you can anonymize that data, right? So you don't have to put like your customer's name and home address in there, mm-hmm. uh, but you can expose your, you know, your, the policy level details um, to, to you know, provide some comfort for that buyer um, that they're, what they are potentially buying, right? Actually makes sense. Now that's where we stop. So we don't, we don't actually do the, the full money change hands and transactions there. Mm-hmm. Second, second layer to that, if we've surrounded ourselves with like the right service providers, right? Mm-hmm. So Carrie Wallace, I, I talked about her at Agency Focus. Um, she helps both buyers and sellers with valuations. Um, she also helps with like strategic advice, and, and she's a strategic partner of of Cake. And so the flow there is that John, my co-founder, was the head of data and algorithms at Xometry and is just an incredibly, you know, talented and bright scientist. And so he's built a book of business valuation tool for those ah, same okay. data points. I was
0: going to ask about that. Like are, are yeah. people self-valuating here? Yeah. Or how does that work? Yeah. Yeah, so
1: those same data points, those those kind of six data points that I talked about to create a listing yep. can provide you with a low, a median and a high valuation. Now the the thing, <laughs> it's very quick and easy to to get that That valuation through those six data points and it's quick and easy because what we've done is we've we've gathered a a ton of industry data to provide you know kind of low median and high performance around Mm -hmm. like carriers lines of businesses states right like regions whatever but we were making assumptions there that says we we think you fall within you know the bell curve within the gut of the bell curve um, you know, on this performance, right? So if that is true, then this low, median, and high gives you a great grounding point, right? Now, if you're right. on the, the outer edges of the bell curve, right? Then, you know, you you might swing that valuation a little higher, a little lower, but that's where we layer also in, you know, carry as well to say, if you want a more dollars and cents valuation, you can Got go through it. the more robust process, right? But like okay. the, the quick book of business valuation Just gives you like a grounding point to like, Mm -hmm. because I think that's a big fear for sellers is like, I have no idea what this asset's worth, right? And so I'm either going to ask way too much or way too little, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to look like a fool either way, right? Mm -hmm. And so I just won't, you know, I I won't even start the process because I I don't want to, to, you know, kind of ask too much or too little, right? I have no Mm -hmm. idea what it's worth. Mm-hmm. So it grounds you in, in some range of that valuation and allows for you to, to engage with buyers. But then you know, also the asset's only worth what you'll sell it for and what a buyer will pay for it. And so mm-hmm. by listing anonymously, you can get a sense for the market around mm-hmm. that that book. So I think what, what you were talking about is like one, I think we help with with valuation right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can you can get a valuation either a gut check valuation, and, and it's, a, it's a very robust tool, but it again, we're making some assumptions, so that's why I call it a, a gut check. Mm-hmm. Um, or a dollars and cents valuation you know, through our, our, our industry partners that have been doing this for a long time, right? And we'll sit with you and, and talk to you about it. You can also list anonymously and engage with buyers anonymously. And then if you get to, if you find someone there, you have a platform to to run that deal off of in the deal mm-hmm. um, and and yeah, so we're we're excited about where we're at now because we've we've already um, you know we, we launched uh, started this month and we're we're cresting over seven hundred you know users right now and so wow. uh, we've got yeah so it's been it's been great uh, it's that's been incredible almost all organic it's you know we that's we've awesome. Really yeah, we worked really hard to 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 attach ourselves to the right folks, like, you know, Abby, yeah. you know, Bradley and Scott talking to you, right? Like getting of the industry and with the, the right folks that are talking to these agents, um, and talking to, to agents ourselves, but making sure that you can you know that the vast majority of folks on there are either folks that are currently independent agents or, or people that want to become independent agents, right? Yeah. So you're talking to fellow agents about that that asset, and that's another key piece of cake, is that we don't want to replace the hubs, the actors, the e-groups, that's gonna be fine for the folks that that have that option, but we wanna build another option where you can transact that premium, that customer, that agency within the independent space and and keep that Mm -hmm. asset with an independent agent even after your retirement, if you're retiring and selling the full thing.
0: Dude, wow! That's uh, congrats on seven hundred. That's yeah, thank you. That's a lot. I mean, as far as individual agencies going on and listing businesses to now is this to sell or buy? Yeah, this, this is, is buyers sell buy. and so sellers. This is, yeah, this okay. Is, I was like, man, seven hundred agencies are no, you trying to had, sell? Oh my Ooh.
1: god, we had seven hundred agencies to sell. Uh, right, yeah. know, I'd have a champagne bottle <laughs> here, spray because that's a that's the biggest piece that is is to solve is to yeah. to help. You know, sellers uh, kind of trust the platform and, and right. trust there, and happy to talk a little bit about that. But well, you know,
0: uh. so, so before we do, because I'm, I think what here's what's really unique about other than the idea itself. I think the idea of Cake is just phenomenal. Uh, it's if, you know, if you didn't do it, somebody was gonna do it. But the, I mm-hmm. love the love that you guys did it. Um, you know, what's what's interesting though is that you guys. I think have a, um, and correct me where I'm wrong here, but maybe an opportunity to um, come out with, you know, the, that that valuation piece, right? I, it seems like that's kind of uh, tribal knowledge in the industry. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know, you gotta go see this person at this bank or, you know, and everybody's got a different way of doing it. how do you really know And that's why you you know we love people like carrie wallace because hopefully she comes in unbiased and Mm -hmm. or maybe leaning towards the seller in that situation and helping them get the most out of the out of what they've built um you know and so but to you know one-off consultants all over the industry is it's still tribal knowledge for you guys Mm -hmm. to almost you know take what's in Carrie Wallace's brain and, and put it and scale it. Right. Um, There's something to that. I think, I think there's, yeah, it's like,
1: you know, it's like not knowing what your house is worth. I mean, I've I've used this analogy other places, but it's like the Zillow, right? Like being able to say, imagine,
0: imagine if you didn't know what your house was worth though, for just a second, take that pause. That's insane. Imagine you, you, Imagine you actually you built your house and you have no idea what it's worth today. I mean, that's that's really, I guess, how insurance agencies are walking around in the industry. Um, sorry, yeah, sorry so to, to have.
1: Interrupt. No, you're fine. But to like be able to go and say, these are the things that are yeah. are impacting my value in a positive way. Mm. These are the things that are impacting my my value in a negative way that maybe I can address. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's going to be some things like you 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 can't address. Right? Like if you're in Mississippi, and and you're talking to an agent in North, in like uh, New York, mm-hmm. they might not have a great understanding of the coastal insurance. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, New York's probably New York's got its own stuff, so it's probably a bad analogy. Say Iowa, right? Um, but then you you're able to aggregate all of the coastal insurance agents that do understand that, you right. know, the the unique pain points, unique opportunities. Right. Um, that's where you can you can start to track the things that are positively impacting, negatively impacting that you can address, but also see comps, right? So a house with three bedrooms, two baths and this zip code sold for this amount, right? Yeah. Like, then you're not like thumb in the wind, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is what the valuation is. It's like, no, this is what the market has said it is. And yeah. like, we've got, you were talking, you know, vision and mission versus current. Current days, it's like, we mm-hmm. can give you a really good grounding vision and mission is if these are transacting on our platform we can then expose those that data back to the agent and say this is this is like inarguable right is it like this is that this is what they transacted for
0: yeah i mean i guess not only is it tribal knowledge but it's also not transparent right i mean no yeah how would i how and then i guess the question is like how do you trust what someone's telling you at the end of the day
1: yeah, I mean, uh, I ran crazy. into that problem myself because I was like, you know, I was getting into this and I was like, oh, this is a highly regulated industry and like there's going to be reams of data where we can just take transactions over time and, and yeah. you know, push those through a machine learning model and we can very quickly come up with an evaluation tool. Uh, not so, because like the only things that are like reported are the, you know, $325 million acquisition of like big group A over big group B, right? Mm-hmm. Or even the $50 million acquisition of the, you know, $15 million agency here, right? But like that's that's like me trying to take Amazon's valuation and <laughs> use it as like a barometer for for my marketplaces mm-hmm. valuation. It's,
2: mm-hmm. it's
1: we're talking about two different beasts here. And yeah. so to to keep it at are really targeted, you know, agent level, like the, the agent size that we've talked about and say, look, you can, you can talk about these data points, but we're, we're here, we're focused mm-hmm. on you and, and this size agency and the ones like you. You know, th- these are the, the unique value, you know, pieces that are driving that value. And these are the things you really need to watch because you're either falling, you know, slightly behind or below industry averages here. And this is where you can address it. Right. Think right. about that knowledge five, 10 years before retirement, I've yeah. got time to make choices, mm-hmm. you know, and like mm-hmm. maximize that value. That's, I mean, uh, yeah, that, that's a cool moment. If I'm, I'm able to, to give that, that, that knowledge back to the agent to, right. to say, okay, I, now I know what I'm
0: driving towards. Right. Right. Like there's almost a sense that because it's easier to get a valuation, even, even mm-hmm. if it's a gut check, And to know how to increase your valuation easily, because now you've taken the barriers to entry down on that. Now you have given more opportunity to agencies to do this sooner, which means they can put. You know, because you know, I, I assume that most agencies don't do it because of some of the things you talked about before, right? They, they just maybe aren't ready, or they don't want to admit that they're ready. But part of it probably is just the process itself is hard. And so if mm-hmm. you make the process easier, more people will look at it sooner, which means more people can fix the problems, which means they can get ahead of and increase their yeah. valuation, which is awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. In, theory, yeah. Right? Yeah, in, in theory. theory, right?
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And there's
1: a, there's a lot of work to make it easier. I mean, like what stuff that we do right now is like sellers, like one, you're anonymous. So, mm-hmm. you know, no one has to, to know that you're interested in selling and you may not actually be actively interested in selling. You may just want to see yeah. what what someone would pay for it. But, but also like, you know, marketplaces do one of two things to get going. They either seed transactions in the space, right? So for example, like the Airbnb guys, they listed their own apartments, own houses, you know, on Airbnb early so that there were, you know, places to stay at the jump of Airbnb, right? So you yeah. kind of seed like fake supply yeah. or fake demand. Yep. Um, or you you take what will be an automated process and and do it manually on the back end, right? And mm-hmm. so sellers can do the listings. If they want help with that, mm-hmm. uh, my team is is there to, to you know, we'll, we'll spend as much time as you want on video calls or phone calls to, to help kind of guide you through gathering that data, how to think about the, the different slices, et cetera, to, to get those. Um, and so, you know, there's there's help there, but I'm also really encouraged by, you know, the fact that we're on the Vertifor podcast. We've talked to some, some folks that applied at Hoxoft, you know, some of those places, because I'm really interested in, in integration with the, the AMS systems for for two ways right like ah, in my AMS yes. like list, list on cake value on cake but also when that transaction happens Interesting. ingest into cake right yeah. so I just bought this book right? it now needs to go to my AMS system so you know I think right. that's where there, there's, uh, we're we're fresh, right? We're we're a month into this being live, but yeah, you know, we are we are pushing those integrations to to try to make it easier for for buyers and sellers to yeah. just say, you know, hey, here here's my data, you know, give me evaluation, list, you know, these portions of my business, or I just bought something and need to right. adjust it.
0: Yeah, yeah. See now, if I knew this was going to be a pitch for you to integrate with Vertifor. <laughs>
1: Yeah, right. I had to slip uh, that in. I had I, to slip that listen,
0: in. Listen, listen, I'm I'm here for it. Um, you know, the, that that's what I was thinking was that all the, the at the end of the day, the agency management system is the source of truth. Right. So mm-hmm. you guys are operating off six data points that have to be manually entered. How awesome would it be if it was, you know, a hundred data points that were yeah. automatically pushed over and then the algorithm just goes in and says, Okay, do do, do, do you know, based off, and I'm sure we can get to a more accurate gut check, right? Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe still a gut check. Cause we, we love Carrie and we love, you know, she's always going to do things with a fine well, tooth I've, comb, but.
1: I've always described that as like, you know, my pitch to Carrie was, Hey, you, what you do is art and science it, and I'll yes. never be able to yes. replicate the art, yes, but I can make the science part easier, faster, yeah. and, and more robust to say, to, to enhance the art
0: part, That's, you know? Yeah. Yep. Well, consider me pitched.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, so before we get into future state, you mentioned mm-hmm. that, and this is the most intriguing part to me, other than the platform itself, uh, this cool valuation tool that you guys are building, um, the, the fact that you allow agencies to sell book, uh, parts of their books of business, so I, here's what's so fascinating to me about that. I think about, you know, enterprise agencies' ability to scale, and a lot mm-hmm. of it, it. How do the big keep getting bigger, right? A lot of it is operational efficiency, um, and there's some organic growth there, but mainly it's acquisitions, right? And the ability to scale those acquisitions, um, to, to to take in a whole agency is a lot of work. It's a lot, because you're talking culture, people, habits, technology, buildings. Oh my gosh, I mean, we could go on and on and on, right? So if what you do though is say, well, you know, we have an agency here and they love, uh, you know, they absolutely love roofers, Mm -hmm. right? For whatever reason hard hard risks are right um most agencies you know kind of shy away from roofers right but but for whatever reason there's a couple agencies out there who are in the construction industry who have a couple roofers but don't really want them okay well we can go on to cake we can take that group of accounts we can list it we can value it and then we can move it over to the agency who's probably just gonna do a better job with it because they want the, that risk in the first place. And it's
1: a triple win usually, right? So you yes. yes. get dollars, they get growth in that niche, but yes. then the customer also gets better rates, better service, you know, like they, I, I you you picked roofers. I, I talk about commercial trucking a lot. Like, you know, you, you've got, if you don't have your processes set up for like, uh, you know, proof of insurance or COI stuff, like, uh, that can drown you in just the service work of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the, the juicy commissions on commercial trucking kind of suckers some people in, but then, you know, you get into the operations flow and it's really hard to manage those. And, and so, you know, just like you said, right, like you can, you can slice that off and sell that to someone there, but, but then ultimately the customer typically gets better rates and better coverage. And also, that reduces that risk of churn mm-hmm. in that transaction because mm-hmm. they're, they're going somewhere that is like a really you know good agency and it makes sense to them why that was transacted yep um but yeah like the fractional side to me it's all about optionality so i think niche is a great one i think also though like uh one of the amazing things right i think the saying is like if you've met one independent agent then you've mm-hmm. met one independent agent i'm mm-hmm. like how they do things And that like has held true is like, everyone has a different strategy to win, um, which I think is beautiful because it creates this like community sense instead of like a competitive, you know, sense, like an antagonistic sense. Yep. Um, Yep. But you also like that changes over the course of a career. I was in manufacturing, thought I was, you know, gonna be in manufacturing for forever. Now I'm in insurance. Well, an insurance agent might write a ton of business with one carrier. And then you know something changes within that region and they, they end up rolling over some of their book to a new carrier six years later. Now they've got 10% of that book that like couldn't go in that book roll, just kind of sitting there, right? Well, you could slice off that piece of your book because you're not really engaged with that market or that carrier anymore and access that capital and then reinvest that in a mm. different in like the new strategy of your, your agency so mm-hmm. like right now that's a great way to access capital now future state we're we're talking to some of the major lenders in the space and want to you know expose lending as part of this transaction oh interesting to help with that an in underwriting
0: Interesting. but you know
1: okay. if you want to just be able to access that liquidity by saying this five percent, this 15 percent of my book, right, doesn't make sense for the vision of my agency moving forward. Right, and then I'm going to take that capital that I gained from that sale and reinvest that in a slice that does make sense, or reinvest that in a new AMS system, right? I want to upgrade or um, mm-hmm. access okay. other technology, right? Like it just gives optionality back to the agent, but then it also, like, if you're if you're transacting on just those portions of the book. It makes it much more likely that a a fellow independent agent can tolerate that transaction, both from a capital perspective, but then also, like you said, uh, you know, if you're a $150,000 agency buying another $150,000 agency, that's a huge transaction to make to try to ingest that full, you know, to merge those two. Yeah. But if you're buying $50,000 that makes the most sense for your business. Mm-hmm. Then you're just you're you're accessing those efficiencies cuz that's the yes. stuff you do really well.
0: Yes, right. So that's that's what I was thinking is that the the enterprise agency has you know, because of the economies of scale has figured out the efficiencies by mm-hmm. in buying large, you know, we're not large agencies but mid sized agencies. They've they've just mm-hmm. figured out the equation, right? It, it's much more difficult for a midsize agency to do that when buying other midsize agencies. But there is there, to me, there's an economy of scale there. If they can go in and say, well, you know what, we don't need, we don't need the people. We don't need the building. We don't need all that, but we'll take that book of business that aligns and complements our, our and strategic got, direction.
1: Say you got four of those, right? And yep. they all want a different piece of, of a seller's book, mm-hmm. right? I can maximize value for the different chunks of my book to four yeah. different buyers yeah. and still have that exit moment. So yep. it can either say I'm retiring and I'm gonna have multiple buyers that want different pieces of this book,
2: mm-hmm. right?
1: Or I'm early in my career and I wanna get into commercial lines. And so I'm gonna you know, get off a few carriers and personal lines to invest in a slice of yep. inorganic growth in commercial lines yep. because organic growth there is hard competitively. And, and I wanna, you know, get market traction. I mean, so it just—it's flexibility at all stages of that career.
0: I think to me that could also be a product that goes outside the independent model. Like to me, you guys mm. could be a funnel that sits in between, you know, captive model, direct model, and independent model, and goes to you know, Geico or State Farm or whoever to say, hey, look, if you guys have parts of your book book of business that you don't want. We'll figure out how to offload that for you. I, well, gu- we, I guarantee that yeah. that's, there's some opportunity there.
1: Yeah, it hits. I mean, I, I've talked to some of the the top fifty brokerages, right? I mean, like,
0: yeah. I know yeah. that
1: when you when you look at your book, yep. right, at the end of a year and you're auditing it, you're yep. like, how did five percent of this get here?
2: Mm-hmm. Because they're
1: they're so big, right? And so it's like they've got stuff, and and like them for them a a five thousand dollars small commercial. You know, policy. It's almost uh, it. Can, it can be like a little like uh, that's that's too small, and it just it doesn't fit with within our operations. Right. But a five thousand dollar commercial policy or a bundle of those yeah. to an independent agent that like really hammers that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's a really valuable asset. So even the top fifty or the top ten, whatever, they could slice off percent per, parts of their business, and mm-hmm. that that customer could end up with someone. That is so excited to have them instead of, you know, and, and it, you were talking about how they figured out operations or you know efficiencies of scale. Um, you know, I think part of it is just that they say, "I'm gonna I'm gonna maximize the the types of policies with these carriers to get into rev share." Mm. Well, now you give that mm. back to the independent agent to say, "I'm gonna handle my relationships that are really good relationships, and I'm gonna really focus on growing there." And so. You know, Mm -hmm. now that's a really efficient buy for me because I know that I'm strategically growing there to access that that efficiency. Right. So it's just different levels of it, but it gives the same tools or attempts to give the same tools to agents. I think there's a lot of stuff to figure out there. Commercial lines are way easier and cleaner to to slice off than personal lines. Mm -hmm. Um, Full carrier books are cleaner. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. um, but, you know my view is like kind of free market view if you want to sell it and list it there might be a buyer that's willing to, to engage with you on it and and you know it doesn't hurt to to try to try to find those folks
0: right right well and i i think there's it's going to be interesting to see from a valuation perspective if you can put a number on a slice of a book of business because obviously we have you know to the tribal knowledge point we have an understanding of how to value uh, an agency mm-hmm. right we know what to look at uh there's sort of a you know at least in some of the banks and pes like he, sort of hey here's what we've done in the past and here's what we believe etc cetera, etc cetera. but a, a slice of a book of business that's that's a little different. That's interesting. Yeah. Right. This is
1: like, this maybe you were talking about, I bring a new perspective. Yeah. Uh, I view that as easier because oh, it's just numbers. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's just numbers. It's like you take out all of the EBITDA conversation on sure. a book. Okay. Right. Because their operational efficiency right. is irrelevant to your operational
2: efficiency. Right. Right.
1: And so you're just looking at if I added this revenue. That is generated off of this premium to my book that is that it, current day produces mm-hmm. these numbers, mm-hmm. right?
0: Mm-hmm. Then
1: the numbers after that transaction are this.
0: Right? I see. So and that's so, okay. So you're so that's why you were talking about it being more of an access to capital for the seller of the slice, as opposed to they're not gonna make a huge profit margin off of this, right? It's it's less about well, that. I,
1: I think the multiples actually still so like the the tribal knowledge on multiples is like revenue is somewhere between like one to four times revenue, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, EBITDA is like a huge range, and and that's where the the agency it's actually pretty complicated. I think to to value a full agency now yeah. you're just looking at the book right off that that revenue, um, and the reason that it you you go revenue is because like people have different commission rates with carriers because they, mm-hmm. they have a stronger relationship or a less strong relationship They're mm-hmm. profit sharing, right? So then you say, okay, off this revenue, depending on the carrier, the state, the line of business, you know, how how big it is, right? Um, how how kind of clean it is from like a, a non-compete perspective. Um, th- this is where you fall on the multiple range for revenue. And so I, th- I still think you can get Incredible value for that book of business. Um, it's just what I was saying is that what I've heard from from agents, right, is that uh, like the reason you would access that liquidity or that capital to to reinvest is because strategies change over time, and so it it, bar, it, it it's another option for lending, right? Not that mm. you wouldn't get great value for it, because ultimately, mm. if you're a one or two man shop at one hundred fifty thousand dollars your agency looks more like a book than a Mm -hmm. than a full agency Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um but yeah like i I think the the book you can still get a a really good multiple off of it um potentially seeing like what the the value points are but it allows for like a cleaner view of like that because it's just it's just numbers around that it's not like the like age of the agent or their right. Uh, a, right a lot of times like the you know who owns what in the book right of like the full agency how many what's the debt within the agency what's the stock split and right. ownership split right it's like we're just looking at the book so if you yeah. own that book you can list that book and we can find you a value Man. or a buyer for yeah. that
0: oh there's I just I'm imagining the possibilities of you know yeah. showcasing uh how when you sell a book, like how does that relationship transfer, you know, and, and sort of best practices on that and showing performance of the book post sale. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just an endless, I think, amount of opportunities with uh, with cake there. So tell me a little bit about where you guys are headed as we wrap mm-hmm. up here. So we know, we know where you guys are at today, which is uh, leaps and bounds. Um, ahead of what I think most people probably thought. I honestly, coming into this conversation, I thought you were just making the connection. So yeah. hearing that you've got the valuation piece, you're thinking about lenders for books of business. I mean, that's just fantastic. Um, where, what's next? Where are you guys headed yeah. next?
1: I think two things. One, um, you know, we, I touched a little on the deal stops at the, the deal room. Um, yeah. Well, in the next, you know, six to eight months, we'll have a happy path transaction that we'll be able to say, you know, Full suite of tools. If you fall outside of the sappy path, right? But if you're transacting on, you know, a carrier book that's really clean, you know, or a line of business like a niche that's really, you know, that we're just transacting on that, you'll actually be able to like check out on the platform. So mm-hmm. money changes hands, right? Like that mm-hmm. lending becomes a big piece, or you know, maybe it's a, a fifty thousand dollar transaction. that's like one of those slices. So you'll actually be able to have like an on-platform transaction. Mm. uh the the pieces that attach to that that I think are, are, are more integration side is you know one of the things we, we were pushing like I said is is integration to AMSs but also like the 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 transfer of that data. I think that mm-hmm. uh a lot of times we'll we'll look at pushing automated, you know, by integration, but also offering uh, you know, I think more efficient ways of doing something that, that happens today right so you just bought something let's let's transfer that data and ingest it or let's help you get that out of that book um the, where that ties into and i think this is just something this is kind of fresh for for this uh this podcast i've been talking more one-on-one with folks but you're really where i'd like to get with agents is that your book is something that lives on cake right like mm-hmm. the view of it from an anonymized yes. standpoint
0: yeah. Because
1: of those those slices, sure. right?
0: Yeah.
1: There's stuff in there that you would sell for for a dollar a month. Yes. You don't think that about it sense. like that? Yeah. Right? You don't think about it like that, but you you would sell it given the right offer, right? And and so having a view of your your book where you can say suppress this, this uh, I would never sell this. This is like the the cornerstone of my business. Mm-hmm. And then passive listings, right? I don't know if an offer came across my desk, uh, be something I'd be interested in and then active listings. Right. Mm. So things I'm actively trying to sell. Mm. Um, I think that that, that view, right. It ultimately helps the agent. There's more comps on the valuations that you can, you can visualize. Right. And it's, it's all private. No one's yeah. seeing your book. That's tied to your name.
2: Yeah. But
1: then also, you know, it's something where, Hey, I, I had no idea that I was going to get off, uh, workers' comp, but I got an incredible offer for it. Uh, Yes, I will transact that even though I wasn't thinking that I was in that seller moment. I think in that view of Cake and and where we're driving to, sellers and buyers, the line kind of blurs and you see more fractional, more frequent fractional transactions that are strategically oriented towards the different stages of of an independent uh, agent's career. so yeah, I think that mm-hmm. you know, you'll 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 ultimately see we've talked about like the Zillow, right? Like right now well, you get the valuation. Well like that valuation and insight living underneath yes. that book. Yes. Yeah, those like that that's where I think the more we can earn agents trust and and they know that we're doing this the right way. Right. You know, we're not selling your data. We're more so like saying, Let's bring everyone, the whole community here to say if you're looking to sell, here are all the buyers. If you're looking to value, here's the insights comparatively, and if you're looking to buy, here are the slices that are available. Yeah. Um, but it's it's aggregation of that information and then mirroring that back to the agent so that they mm. have access to it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and maybe even like real time recommendations on valuation and yeah, okay. you know performance improvement too.
1: Well, especially right? if we have like... the book on there. Yes. when a slice hits, right, yes. when a slice goes up for sale, we can yes. say, hey, one plus one equals three here, yep. you should buy this, yep. right? Like the, this yep. fits with you so so well. And so that's that like matching and recommendation scores, which yeah. John on the machine learning side will continue pushing and, and building out that suite of insight and tools for, for agents to have. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, you know, we, we wanna make it super easy to transact But we also wanna make it really easy to understand the value of that asset and Mm. understand how to impact that over time. Those are kind of our two big pillars that we have as we push this thing forward for independent agents.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, so how do, for those listening, how does somebody get started? What does getting started look like? If they're either interested in looking at what's, what's out there to purchase, or if they're interested in you know, valuing their agency and potentially looking at looking for some buyers. Uh, can, can they value the agency without looking for buyers? Yeah. Is that something they can do too? Yeah. So the okay. tool is separate
1: okay. from uh, the valuation tool. It's totally separate from the listings. It's awesome. in the platform, and so okay. you could just play around with that without listing your your book. We wanted to cool. make sure that uh, we're not trying to like bait and switch anybody to to get them to list. It's like that tool is honestly you know, for informative purposes. So www.haveyourcake.com, create an account. Um, When you get into the marketplace, you can either list, you can, you know, play around with the valuation tool, or you can view active listings. And we don't ask anyone if you're a buyer or a seller yet. Now, there are some tools like buyer profiles that we're working on that allow sellers to to work with one specific buyer and Mm. buyers also to kind of tell their story. And so then you'll have to kind of toggle on what stage you're at, like what you're looking for. Um, but yeah, so www.haveyourcake.com create an account. You can list, uh, you can view listings, you can play with the valuation tool. Um, right now, actually the, the platform's free. So the buyer profiles would turn on awesome. subscriptions for those buyers that want awesome. to to kind of be actively buying. Yep. And then when we, we launch the, uh, the on-platform transaction I was you know talking about the actual the money changing hands that's in around six to eight months okay um, that's when we'll you know sellers won't pay anything until they transact and then when they transact we'll take around one percent of that total transaction value if it flows through that happy path but gotcha. you know if you're if you're transacting on a full agency um, you know we're more so like along for the ride at this stage because I've I, Firmly believe a marketplace can only charge for the services it provides. Yep. Um, and so when we when we process that transaction, then I have a right to take a you know a little percentage of that transaction. Uh, if I'm not processing the full transaction, I'm only going to charge the buyers because they're they're getting access to our suite of tools. Um, but it's not I'm taking a percent of the total transaction. So ultimately, I think that we're a great partner for for agents that are looking to, you know, retire because you get a view of all the buyers in the space and, and you're not really having to pay that six to 12%, uh, of, uh, you know, what a, a, broker would ultimately charge you for, for something there.
0: Awesome. Wow. That's awesome. Okay, great. Well, for those of you guys listening, um, listen, there's a lot of insurtech companies out there. Uh, Adam and his team have, I think built something that's very unique and creative. Uh, you know they're 18 months in um, they're actually part of 101 Weston labs which is a uh, insure tech accelerator that's funded and um, uh, run by the North Carolina Insurance Association so Abby Knight the CEO Pat Klein who now runs 101 Weston labs um, big advocates for the independent insurance agent and two people who I think would you know give their both thumbs up for for Adam and, and his team at cake so if you can, go to haveyourcake.com. If you're interested, um, you know, sign up for a profile, check it out. Um, I think giving their, them their, that support, no matter if you buy or sell or do anything, mm-hmm. just check it out and see what it's about. Uh, you know, I think that goes a long way in the independent space for, um, for furthering innovation and everything that Adam and his team are doing. So Adam, thank yeah. you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, and I hope to have you guys back on in a couple months when the future continues yeah. to evolve.
1: No, I love it. Thank you for for giving me you know some airtime time to to talk about this. Uh, we love it and we're excited about it. But uh, this is the lifeblood of a startup uh, to you know just have a platform to to shout up the mountaintop. This is what we're doing. So thank you very much.
0: Hey, if you want to catch the next episode next week, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button. You can find us on any podcast platform. If you want to watch us, we're on YouTube. If you want to listen, Apple, Google, Spotify. We hope to see you next week.